Hello, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining me again. This is episode 15 of the podcast, The Unbroken Ground. I'm Paul. Excited for you to be here. Uh, we are, uh, this is Easter, so happy Easter. Um, I'm recording that today and on that day. And so I hope that uh, as you listen to this, you've either just had a good Easter or you've had, a, it's been a few days, but uh, you experienced uh, a good time uh, going to church and uh, that you got to experience Jesus uh, during that time. So um, for us, things are going, still going good. We're, we're jumping into uh April, and I think for the next couple of podcasts, I'm actually going to discuss um, the different conditions of the heart that you can find in Matthew 13, uh, the parable of the sower. So if you need to, you can uh, find that, look that up, and uh, read through that. That'll kind of give you the, the the basis, the understanding, and uh, I'm just going to slowly walk through that in uh, what... Uh, next couple of weeks uh, for April, and also again, I've I've still been blogging over in Pathios, so if you haven't checked that out, go over to Pathios.com, uh, go to Unbroken Ground, and you can find me on the on that uh, writing, not 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 saying things uh, with my voice, but but writing things out, so you can check me out there as well. Uh, we do have a Facebook page, The Unbroken Ground, Facebook.com forward slash the unbroken ground uh, if you have any questions or comments you can put stuff there uh, you can also send us an email at the unbroken ground at gmail.com uh, so yeah excited that you are here once again listening uh, or if this is your first time welcome and let's jump into it So in Matthew 13, Jesus is giving us a parable about a farmer who goes out to basically plant his seed, and and um, not in the sense of modern technology where you have a tractor which which puts the seed directly in a row, but rather in this rather haphazard uh, manner, does this farmer go out and he goes out and he basically throws his seeds and where it lands, it lands. And this probably wasn't the way that uh, farming was done in Jesus' day either, because it could be very wasteful because seed that was not thrown into um, good soil obviously was going to have a harder time. And so Jesus tells that story, and people who are hearing that will, will instantly make that connection because they'll know that as a farmer, you don't just you, you don't throw this, the precious seed that you have. You just don't haphazardly throw it anywhere. But Jesus is using this um, as a story about the word and, and, and the truth about the kingdom of God. And so he talks about four different soils. The first one is the path. The second one is a shallow ground. Uh, the third one is one that is good soil, but it's also surrounded by thorns and full, full of thorns and weeds. And the fourth one is one that is what he calls the good soil. Um, and the fourth one is the one that produces fruit. And if you listen to Fruity Loops, you, you've kind of already... Uh, kind of talked about, or at least listened and thought through some ideas about what Jesus means when he talks about producing good fruit. And so I'm going to continue talking about that. Jesus, it's there is a lot of back and forth give here um, because we we rely on Jesus and the Holy Spirit to produce, to bring forth fruit and produce that fruit in us. But we also are in charge of our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts. And so we we work in tandem, tandem with um, the Spirit. We work together to produce the good fruit. So we, um, 
so we do have to find different ways uh, to prepare our hearts to receive his word. And I think it's not just uh, speaking about like the difference between somebody who's lost or somebody who just doesn't know who Jesus is, although that is going to be one of the distinctions. But it, it, it's not just about the first time you hear about the kingdom of God, but rather um, throughout all of our lives, we have an opportunity to basically prepare our hearts to receive God's word. And um, in some, and we go through different seasons and we go through different ways. We go through different um just we go through different stages of life. We go through different stages of our hearts um, that to that determine whether we can hear, whether we we receive God's word, whether it becomes fruitful in us, whether it is snatched away, whether it, it's choked out, um, whether it is too shallow to last. Um, part a lot of that has to do with the condition of our hearts. And so one of the things that we should be mindful of if we want to be the type of people that want to produce good fruit, which is what is what. Jesus talks about is if you're a good tree, then you're going to produce good fruit. If we're going to be those type of people, then we need to um, have hearts that are prepared to do that. And so this this next couple of weeks, uh, we're just going to look into that. What does that look like? What is what are the things that that make our hearts um, unready to receive God's truth? And how do we con- constantly work? to be as ready as we can be, realizing that life is all about cycles and that there's going to be ups and downs in our relationship. There's going to be ups and downs of when we can hear God and how we hear God and how well we hear God. But how do we prepare ourselves in the best possible way to put ourselves in the best possible circumstance or situation in order to do that? So I want to look at the four different soils and uh, just really kind of break out the reasons for their soils and why they pre- they create a challenge for us to hear God's word. So the first place that Jesus talks about in the st- the parable is the path. Uh, so the farmer is going along and he throws seeds out. And as he throws some of that seed out, perhaps maybe just some falls out of his hand. And so he's walking along the path and the seed falls on the path. And the seed um, doesn't stick. Uh, Jesus describes it. So if you if you haven't read it, um, if you haven't read it in a while, it'd probably be good to go back and read Matthew uh, chapter thirteen, the first the first big portion of that. It's a lot, so I'm not going to read it. But basically, what Jesus says is, it's the, when the seed falls on the path, then the birds come along and they they take uh, the seeds away. Um, and so when he's explaining it to his disciples, he says that this is the seed that finds itself landing on a, a hard heart. And um, the then so then Satan comes and takes it away. And so instead of having, instead of finding a place for the seed to grow, it just, it just doesn't stick. So the first, the first dirt, the first ground is really just a hard heart. And so the first thing that you can say about um, someone who has a hard heart is that if you don't know, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't know who God is, then your heart is going to be hardened. Um, And so there are things, there are ways around that, and there are ways that people, that God works and he softens our hearts. But if you don't know who uh, God is, if you don't, if you don't seek to know who God is, if you don't, um, if you don't chase after God, then there is, there's very little effect that God's word has on our heart. 
Um, and I think one of the most dangerous things that, um, and I talked about this a little bit last week, but I'm just going to kind of continue to talk about it. One of the most dangerous things is that we can, we can act in such a way that it looks like we know who God is. Um, we can create all of the rules and the legal obligations and the, this is how you should walk. This is how you should live. And somebody could, could live in such a way that it makes it appear to those when they look on the outside because of the things that they do, the things that they say, um, the political candidates, they support the, the party they're uh, going to support. All of those things go, ah, oh, on the outside, it all looks good. The problem with that is, is that Jesus described the Pharisees in that way, um, because on the outside they looked really good, but then on the inside they were they were dead, uh, and so he called them whitewashed tombs. He said, "You've you've you've created a, a place where you go to bury things, and you've 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 painted the outside really beautifully, but on the inside is nothing but a dead person." And so we have to be very careful to realize that, uh, as we talked about last week, um, but as I continue to talk about this, that the reason that we live, the reason we want to produce fruit, and the, re- and the way that we can produce fruit is because of our relationship with Jesus. And because we have that relationship, then out of that comes the fruit. So you, you can do things... Um, without God. You can do things without Jesus. You can live in such a way without Jesus that, that it looks that you produce some fruit. Um, but if Jesus is not at the center of that, then it's artificial fruit. Even if it's good, um, it is, it, if it's not coming from the point of a relationship with Jesus, then you're just doing good things. And, you know, Doing good things is better than doing bad things. Uh, so don't get me wrong there. I'm not saying that that people should, if they don't know Jesus, they should only do bad things. And and really, uh, as a world, we generally think that people should do good things. We think we we uh, even if you don't believe in Jesus, a lot of people believe in the the world, the, this idea of karma that if you do good things, good things will be returned to you. Um, and so. In general, we just think that the, that's how the world should work, that people should do good things. Um, so there's nothing wrong with doing good things. But if your whole motivation, if your whole reason behind doing good things isn't because you know who Jesus Christ is, then you're not producing fruit from the inside. You're just painting the outside pretty. And you're still dead on the inside. And so when you hear the word of God, your hard heart is isn't ready to accept it. And so one of the first steps of moving from having the hard heart to being the path to being to, to being the fertile good ground is, is that you have to know who Jesus Christ is. You have to make him the Lord of your life and you have to accept him and then you have to choose to follow him. You Again, um, as James says, if you, 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 if you believe in him, that's good. But you can't just believe him as in a, as a mental exercise. Oh, sure, I believe in Jesus, but you did dedicate your life to following who and becoming the person that he wants you to be. And when you do that, that's when you start to produce the fruit that God is talking about—that good fruit that's that's produced out of the good soil. And and so that's the first step. And so. I hazard your guess that most people listening to this um, know who Jesus is, 
But if you have stumbled, if you have stumbled upon this uh, for whatever reason, because God brought you here and you don't know who Jesus is, find somebody who can help you. Find a, find a Christian, find a pastor. Um, if you can't do that, send me an email. I'll talk to you, um, share with you about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, because that is really step one. Step one, if you want to move from being the, the hard heart that, that finds it difficult to receive the word of God, step one is you have to know who Jesus is and you have to have committed to following him. Um, that is the, the steps. That is, that is the first step uh, in moving from the, the hard path to moving to fertile ground. But I don't think that, uh, that this is just the problem of people who don't know who Jesus is. Uh, having a hard heart is, is something that believers do as well. That's, we, we have, like I say, we, we go through stages, we go through seasons. Um, and, and I think there are a couple of reasons that we harden our hearts. There's, a, there's several reasons why we harden our hearts. Um, and so I just want to kind of run through a few and, and just uh, talk through what that means and, and how we can uh, be aware of that uh, and how we can soften our hearts as believers. And so I think um, in no particular order, I'm just going to go through a couple that um, seem pretty important to me or at least come, come to mind, mind first. And so I think um, the first thing is that uh, is pride. The reason that we harden our hearts, that we don't hear from Jesus, is because we, we've developed our own system. Uh, we developed our own um, confidence, and we stop the being dependent upon God. Um, we, I think we do this a lot when we think about theological things. Um, I tell people this all the time. I went to seminary, and seminary doesn't teach you how to be a better Christian. Um, it gives you more knowledge, but it doesn't teach you how to love people better. Um, and so Paul would say this. He says, you know, knowledge puffs up, but love, love is what really matters. Um, and so sometimes we get so convinced or we get so um, sure of ourselves, we're so confident, we get so arrogant, we get so prideful that um, it becomes difficult for Jesus to speak to our hearts. It becomes difficult for God to, to work in our hearts because we're so full of pride. Um, and so we, we go off and we do things on our own. We go off and we, um, we, we live out of our own strength. We live out of our um, own ideas. And we, instead of saying, Jesus, where do you want me to go? We say, Jesus, I've got these plans. You're coming with me. Um, and our hearts become hardened to that a fact that we really just need Jesus. Um, we just, we need his direction. We need his spirit guiding us. And, you know, maybe it's that, that we've, we've done, we've seen great success. Um, we've seen great blessings and suddenly we, we get the idea that, Hey, I've kind of got this all figured out. Um, it may be pride or, or confidence in, um, our own abilities. Um, you know, maybe we have enough money in the bank account that we don't worry about uh, some things. We we don't think we have to bring some things to God because, hey, we've got this. We've got money. We've got hospitals. We've got doctors. We've got all the things that we can do to fix 
the problems that we have in our way. We don't, we don't have to be dependent. And, and as humans, it's one of those things that we hate to be. We hate to be dependent upon other people because it, it is weakness. It's weakness to, um, admit that we need other people that we in that it's weakness to admit that we need God it's weakness to say that I don't have it all together that I don't have all the plans that that I that I can't do this on my own that that I'm not smarter than everyone else that I'm not I don't that I have better plans it's it takes humility to admit that because it's a it's a recognition that we are are dependent um, we are dependent upon the Savior. We are dependent upon God, and and so there are times in our lives when we we become so um, just confident and and which leads to arrogance, um, so self assured that that our hearts become so hard we don't hear the word from God, um, and I, and it's a scary thing to think about for me because I um, I think that. Paul, Paul, who, who, if he, if he, anybody had, um, the apostle Paul, if anybody had a reason or had, um, the, the resume or the background to boast, it was him. And yet what he says towards the end of his life, he goes, all of the, all the things that I've done, the list of accomplishments I can list, all of that is nothing. All of that is trash. All of that is, is, is not worth talking about because the only thing worth knowing is the only thing worth talking about is knowing Jesus and and getting closer to him. And so I, so it's, it's a dangerous thing when we realize that we uh, can, we can, we can gather all the knowledge in the world and we can still miss Jesus. We can gather all the knowledge in the world and it, and it won't open our hearts it can, in fact, it can even harden it. So that's the first thing I think of is that the pride of life that says, I've got this, Jesus. I, I, you may, yep, you're my savior. Cool. We've got the whole heaven thing figured out. Um, I'll just go ahead and take over from here on life. And, uh, I'll let you know later when I need some more help. Um, if there's something I can't do. Uh, and, and so as God's word it just finds a hard place. It just can't find purchase in our hearts when our hearts are hard. I think that another way that um, we harden our hearts is because of wounds. Um, you know, we've all, almost, I would say, um, I wish I could say I knew more people, but I, I think everybody I talk to um, has some wounds that they've picked up over the year from, from Christians. Uh, whether that be a pastor or whether that be a mentor, whether that be a friend, um, our hearts become wounded and, and in, a, in a way, almost a way to try to protect ourselves. We, we, we bring in a, a hard cover um, and we, we, we wall off everything. Uh, and so when Jesus comes and he knocks on that door, that heart, um, even though we're his followers, we go, well, I, you can't come in because, because I'm, I'm hurting, uh, because I'm wounded. Um, and, and, and the only way, um, to, to keep from having to deal with that kind of hurt again is to harden our hearts. Like if, if you can't hurt me, um, then I win, right? That's, that's the, the whole thing. And so we begin to, 
at the more the wounds happen and the more the scar tissue, it just it's just like the body. When we get scars on our body, it just it hardens it up. And 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 so we have to work extra hard uh, to keep our hearts from hardening when when we deal with the wounds of this life. When we deal with the uh, the tragedy, the suffering that we have, and and I'm not even talking about um, you know some of the you know suffering is obviously on different scales, um, but but just just realizing that even in in America, even in in a white collar suburbia America, um, we still suffer, we still hurt. Um, you know, yeah, sure. There's, it's not that people are, are waiting around the corner, waiting to, to crucify us or take our lives, but, but in our existence, we still find those hurts and, and those wounds have a tendency to help us put up walls and to harden our hearts. And, and so when our hearts are hardened, when they're, when they're, when they're like the path, um, it becomes harder for God's word to sink in and really produce that kind of fruit. And so if you're going through a season of hurt, um, it does take time to heal. But one of the things I think you should pray is that that God would um, soften your heart. Uh, because when people hurt us, um, we, we put up the defenses. We harden in our hearts to avoid pain. Uh, we harden our hearts because we're like, I'm not going to get hurt again. And so I'm going to harden my heart against this. And so the wounds that we, we, we get, whether it be words or things that people do, um, they begin to create that star, that scar tissue on our hearts and it begins to separate us. And so that, that it becomes harder for God's word to work its way into our hearts. And so, um, so when we experience wounds, then we have to figure out how to heal from that, how to take away the scar tissue. Um, and, and some of that is just spending time with, with Jesus and just letting him just hold you, just be with you, um, just remind you that he is the good shepherd, that, that though um, someone has hurt you and wounded you, Jesus won't. He won't. He's he's kind. He's good. If you're weary and tired, he has a, a a burden that's light. He has a he has a a a way of life to that lifts the burdens that others would place on you. But we have to be careful to not harden our hearts because of the hurt that we receive, because it's our natural instinct. If we get hurt, let's, let's, let's put up the walls. Let's protect ourselves. So we have to be careful of that. We have to, we have to realize that um, that's something in our lives and our hearts that we have to be mindful of. Um, because, again, we go through seasons. Um, and and when, we heart, when we have hardened hearts, um, it's just harder to hear um, from Jesus. And I think a third way that um, we experience hardness of heart is when we experience disappointment. Um, and this doesn't have to be, uh, it's a little bit separate from other people hurting you, uh, harming you, uh, causing that hurt. And it's, and it's more to do with um, 
expectations. It's more to do with um, trying to figure out what it is God is doing or uh, trying to figure out um, if you're doing what God wants you to do. And I think a lot of times um, we allow expectations and we allow how things are going uh, to determine how willing we are to hear from Jesus. And so I think that when we, uh, when we face disappointment in our lives, in, in our relationships, in our careers, uh, we have a tendency, to, again, to just to, to pull in and, and harden um, and be less receptive uh, to what Jesus is trying to say because uh, it just, it's not working. Um, and I think part of this is, is just that we have a whole culture of what it means to be successful in America, especially. We have a, we have a climate that says that if you're successful, if you're being blessed, then, then all of your, your plans are going to come to fruition and you're going to do all the things you want to do and you're going to be successful. And that's going to be the hallmark of what it means to be following Jesus. And, um, and so when things don't work, when we, when we go on a path and, and things don't work, if we're not hearing from Jesus, if we're just going and we think we know what we're doing or we want something to work really well and then it, and it, then it doesn't, um, our hearts get broken and, and then they harden. They get broken and then they harden. And, and this is not new. Um, if you read the book of Jonah, um, Jonah is very much like us, um, and we are very much like him, in a way that um, Jonah does not want to go to Nineveh because he does not want to tell them the good news about God being gracious, because he knows that if he goes and he tells the Ninevites about the upcoming doom that God's going to uh, dish out upon them, that they're going to repent. And uh, so he, he tries to run in the opposite direction. He tries to, he tries to get on a boat and go in the opposite direction of the direction that, that God's calling him. And, and God, you know, you, you, you know, the story that the, the storms come and they throw Jonah over and he gets swallowed by a big fish. And then he gets spit up on the, the shoreline after three days. And he goes and he, and he, and he goes to where he didn't want to go anyway. And he shares the gospel and not the God, well, the gospel, the good news, it's still good news. It, it, it was bad news, but it led to good things for the Ninevites because he said, Hey, you guys are going to be punished by God unless you repent. And 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 Jonah knew it. They, the Ninevites repented, and so God, who was gracious, he held off the punishment. And this this disappointed Jonah greatly, uh, because he he was he was pretty ready. Um, he was really ready to see the judgment of God carried out on the Ninevites, and he knew the the nature of God that when they repented he, he that God would not carry out that punishment and so so Jonah goes uh, basically to pout uh, he, he he gives the message he gives the sermon he goes up onto a hill overwatching the city and he watches them um, and they repent and and he and he's bitter <laughs> he's bitter because he is quite sure that the Ninevites are not worthy 
of God's graciousness uh, because of how evil they've been, um, because of how badly they've treated the Israelites. And so Jonah is, is angry and he is resentful and he is hard-hearted and and he is he just sets in the sun and so god god sends this this uh this little vine to provide him some shade um so it provides him it provides him shade and then the next day uh this worm comes and kills it and and jonah is again just so distraught and god comes to him he's like hey what why are you so angry and disappointed you're angry and disappointed because this this branch this this vine died but you have no compassion on the Ninevites and Jonah is us when when things don't go our way when 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 disappointment reigns we have a tendency to be the same way we have a tendency to harden our hearts we don't want we know um, the truth about God, and we know who God is, and we know about His compassion. We know what's going to happen, and and yet we 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 wall ourselves off. And so God comes to us and says, "Why? Why are you? Why are you here?" It's it's a question He asks throughout all of Scripture. He asks this of Jonah. He asks this of Elijah. Elijah, why are you here? Why are you here? And I think it's a question that most recently I found myself asking. I found myself in a place where I, I think um, throughout some of these stages of, of the heart, I was in the same place and God came to me and he was like, why are you here? And, um, and, and I tried uh, to go in many different directions and God closed all of the doors and and finally um, even just now I'm learning about why I am here because my heart was opened because I I was ready to produce fruit uh, but it took a while and it took some and it took hearing it just it took allowing and being ready for the word of God to sink into my heart and produce the fruit that it can to open up, to peel back the wounds, the scars, to 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 let down the defenses that I had built up to hear from God. But what a great truth it is to know that God is seeking and willing and ready to speak to us. And so when we are, when we turn to Him. Whatever state we find our hearts in, God is ready to work with us. If you have a hard heart, pray that God will soften it. Pray that God will, will, will just allow that truth to shine through in a way that, that you, you remember, or maybe you never knew, but you know that it can. Because that's what God's waiting to do. When you think about Easter, we think about resurrection, I think I thought a lot about it. I wrote a blog about it, but I thought a lot about the Saturday, the not yet. He he's crucified, and he lays in a tomb, and there's a whole day with the disciples who are trying to figure out what does this mean. And then Sunday comes, and it's not. It's sometimes we lose this because um, we've heard the story, and it's such an awesome. It's a reminder, but for the disciples. 
it was so beyond their imagination that Jesus would raise from the dead that they just couldn't it wasn't something they thought was possible. They had seen him they'd seen him raise other people, but how does a dead man raise himself? And that's exactly what God did. Jesus resurrected. Wherever you find your heart, if you have a hard heart, know that Jesus is waiting and ready to resurrect it, to bring it back to life, to soften it again so that you can hear the word of God as he, as he speaks it into your life and allow that word to do its work and produce the fruit that it needs, wants, has to produce because God has called us has said that they'll know us not by the things we say we're for not not by the names we call ourselves but they'll know us by the fruit we produce they'll know us by the love that we have so today if your heart is hard if it's just maybe it's not hardened all the way maybe it's just got a, a little hard cover pray that God would soften your heart and allow God to do that work so that he can speak to you and produce the fruit that he wants to produce in your life. Mm-hmm.